Welcome to Naham Connections Podcast, Voices in Patient Access. Here, industry experts contribute their voices about popular patient access topics, including career development and leadership, revenue cycle operations, healthcare regulations, and the patient experience. If you like what you hear today, subscribe or leave a review where you listen to podcasts. Hello and welcome to episode 24 of the Naham Connections Podcast. I'm Stephanie Benintendi, Director of NAHAM, and I'm also the Director of Operations for North Metro Region at Children's Hospital Colorado. I'm so excited to be here today with two very distinguished guests that we'll introduce here in a moment. As we approach NAHAM's 50th anniversary in 2024, I'm honored to moderate this conversation as we embark on a fascinating journey through time to connect with the trailblazers who constitute the first generation of NAHAM. Joining us are two NAHAM legends, each passionate individuals who shaped Naham into what it is today. It's my pleasure to introduce Maxine Wilson and Nancy Farrington. Welcome to the Naham Connections podcast. Nancy, I don't know if you remember, but our first meeting was when you called me when I got my first patient access director position at Children's Hospital Colorado, and then I met you in person for the first time in 2004 in Memphis. I do remember meeting you in Memphis, and I'm, I don't remember what the purpose of the call, what led me to call you, but I definitely remember our meeting. Yeah. So that was 20, that'll be 20 years ago at our next conference. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. And Maxine, welcome. We've also had a very long history of some time together up between the board and different Nahum affiliate state meetings. So welcome to join us today. Thank you. So before we dive into our conversation, tell our listeners about yourself, your career in patient access, and involvement with Naham. Maxine, would you like to start? I can. I started as an admitting clerk. That's not what I went to school for. However, I had a six-month-old son at the time, and they had an opening for an admitting clerk on the evening shift. I took that position. I was blessed to get it because I knew nothing about medical, but anyway. I took that and I worked it for five and a half years until he started kindergarten and I knew that I had to have a day job or I wouldn't get to see him. So the president of the hospital came in and asked me if I'd take the manager of admitting and I told him I didn't know anything about managing and he said that's a good thing. And so anyway, I did take that and then I moved into directorship a little bit later But just as soon, Stephanie, as I took the position as manager, I started researching and discovered Mayhem was the National Association admitting managers. And so, of course, I wanted to join that, get involved with it. And also Tennessee had an association meeting to him. And I was also blessed to be able to later join the education committee which is my friend Nancy there was the host of it. She was a leader, and so I was on the education committee for a while with her. So beneficial, so beneficial as a new manager and as these things changed. So that's kind of how I got into Mayhem and as in Access. Great, thank you. Nancy, what about you? I started my career in admissions in 1981, and the boss that hired me was already serving on the board. He was, at that time, the Education and Certification Committee was one 
committee, and I think he was chair, but I'm not positive about that. So I became aware of Nahum when I was in a very lower level position in admissions. I moved through a progression series of jobs within the admitting department from reservation coordinator to bed management to assistant manager to admitting manager to patient access manager. (laughs) And so as soon as I moved up to the role of admitting manager, I joined Nahum myself. My first conference was in 1986, and I was struck by two things at that conference. The first was how friendly and warm and welcoming everybody was. I'll give you a little anecdote about that in a second. But the next thing that I recognized was it just was such a supportive environment to be amongst a group of peers who understood my my life and what was happening. And you didn't have to provide all this background information to ask a question. You could just say, here's what I'm experiencing. And you would find somebody in the crowd that could commiserate or share advice. So it was just an awesome experience. Now, the anecdote I want to share is related to Michael Taubin. Stephanie, I don't, you do remember Michael. I met Michael at that conference. It was in California. We had a very brief exchange at that conference. A couple of months later, I was, he, he lived in the neighborhood in New York that I grew up in. A couple of months later, I'm walking through the park and I hear somebody calling my name and there he is on a bike with his two sons. I did not recognize him because it was so out of context, but he recognized me and I was just blown away by Again, how warm and welcoming he and everybody else in Nahum was. The um, hidden benefit of Nahum, if you will, is exactly that, the relationships that people form in this organization. And I think that's something to continue to strongly encourage. In terms of my progression within Nahum, Max mentioned I served as education chair. I got into that role because at some point, Chris Collins and Karen McKinley and Alavine Hickman approached me about putting together our CHA process. Max became the queen of CHA with getting people all over the country involved and getting them certified. But I was the person that formed the committee that got it started. And that was an outgrowth of an effort by Karen to get us working a little bit more with AHAM. She was serving as the president in Nahum while a colleague of hers in her hospital was serving as the president of Aham. That didn't really work well, did not materialize well as a opportunity for us. But as a result of that, we developed the CHA process. So I served on the education committee. I served on the policy development and government relations committee, and I served as chair of that. And again, the way we got involved in that was there had been a meeting on the Hill, and some of our predecessors were extremely vocal in pushing the fact that we weren't being recognized by people in government who could do something in support of our roles. So out of that 
initiation, I was asked to join, on behalf of Nahum, to join the American National Standards Institute Committee that, and there's more letters and numbers that go with it, but they're unimportant. But we developed the first, or developed the uniform health ID card for human-readable criteria and for machine-readable criteria. And Again, some of the more senior people will remember that there used to be nothing similar from one insurance company to another. Now, while there's a lot of variation, they're all pretty similar. And so, sorry to be so long-winded, but from there, (laughs) I was elected to the position of secretary and then vice president, which as everybody knows, then you become the president. So... And then after I served as president, I also served as the regional delegate because we were having a hard time recruiting somebody. So I agreed to do that for a brief period. So that's that's my progression, both in NAHAM and in my organization, Mainline Health. Great. Thank you, Nancy. I think you're probably one of the few, and I could be wrong with this, but one of the few I think who've served on virtually every committee that we have had at some point. I never served on publications. (laughs) And then I think later we created the industry standards. So you were instrumental, I think, in getting some of that up to speed. But, you know, yeah. Yes, you're correct about that. It was called Special Projects Committee at that time. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. Great. So, Maxine, can you tell us if you think about, well, really, you've been a pivotal figure in shaping NAHAM and where we are today. What changes have you witnessed over the years and how do you think the organization has evolved? Uh, Stephanie, I think that the involvement of NAHAM began whenever they first became the National Association Admitting Managers, and they changed it to Access Managers. I thought that was a big step on their part and on the members' part as well, because there was more and more involvement in the admitting department instead of just admitting And so that involvement there, I think, was very critical then and now, as well as Nancy always already spoke a minute on the CHAW, but we had the CHAM, which was the Certified Healthcare Access Management at that time in meeting and was changed to access. But we didn't have one for our frontliners and those people that really helped make that position. And so, along with a lot of other people, then they came up with the CHOP, the Certified Healthcare Access. That particular one, more directed to the front line instead of management. And everybody was just ecstatic about that. They were just so happy and and all. And I used to tell, I'll tell this little quick, funny little thing that I used to use when I'd go around certify is I would tell them, I'd say, now you get to go around with chalk on your badge. I said, everybody runs around with RA and LEP and RP and all kinds of letters on their badges. And I said, now you get to go around with letters CHAA on yours. And they would all just clap and laugh. They'd think that was so cute. I think that was another one of the big evolvements that, that – uh, Nahum endeavored and took, and those two things just stand out in my mind, you know, for that. So I think that involvement, you know, including the financial areas, 
the scheduling, the physician offices, all of those, inpatient, outpatient, ED, all of those things that combine in with access and not just specified as admitting. I think that was in my mind and heart one of the biggest developments that they made. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's where we've really started to see that evolution, that it was more than just checking in for an inpatient or a surgery type case. So I would agree. Nancy, you mentioned quite a few when you were doing your original introduction, but is there anything that you can think of that particularly stands out just in terms of the evolution of the organization within NAHAM that we haven't already discussed? There are a couple of things. And, you know, in alignment with what Max was saying, so many of the duties that had been back end or patient financial services moved to the front, like financial counseling, estimates, pre-certs, all those kind of things. So I think that that's a little bit more detail, but that had a tremendous impact. So, but there are some things also in terms of the organization itself so that struck me. One is that when I joined Nahum, there were regional delegates, and those regional delegates were appointed by the board. They weren't really serving effectively, and at a strategic planning meeting, developed the concept of regional representatives who are elected by the members within that region, and that was a dramatic change to try and get more close alignment with the actual members as opposed to the you know stratification within the board. The other thing, and again, I think we alluded to it a little bit, but the other thing was the separating of the education committee and the credentialing commission and the employment of the professional credentialing organization. I think that elevated our process dramatically. And we see that all the time now as we continue to evolve. And then just one other thing that was really significant to me, but might not have been to others, was that Nahum eventually was solvent enough to provide financial support for board members. Most of the time that, or a good portion of the time that I was on the board, I was paying my own way for everything. So it wasn't only the conferences, but also we would get together for a full board meeting and then some t- and then also frequently a third meeting for strategic planning. And I think that's a sign of elevating the professionalness of the organization that Nahum is now able to support its officers that way. Yeah, great. So thinking about some of maybe the memorable moments or fun times or milestones, in Nahum's history, what are some that stand out in particular to you? Nancy? Fun. Always fun, fun, fun. A part of everything we've done as an organization has included fun. And I think, again, that speaks to the richness of the organization because it's not only the focus on tasks and responsibilities, but developing significant networks and colleagues. And that's what kept me going in the organization for almost 40 years. So a specific thing is Max singing at at our conferences. And, you know, everybody knows Maxine singing. (laughs) Still look forward to that. 
In terms of looking back at conferences, one of the things that, or a couple of things that stand out in my memory, there was a conference, I don't remember where it was, but our keynote speaker had been a prisoner of war and he started the conference in total silence and there was a platform and the platform was the size of the cell he was in when he was a prisoner and he just paced for, it felt like eternity, but for a couple of minutes before he started talking about mental fortitude and keeping it together and all that, and that still sticks with me. So that's in terms of keynote speakers, but there's others that stand out. The um, following the conference that we had following 9-11, we had a very moving ceremony and that stands out in my recollection. And then of course, you know, not necessarily Nahum milestones, but all of the gatherings, you know, meeting in the bar in a restaurant or going for a walk there was a group of people that routinely planned vacations around adding on to the, at the end of the conference. And I piggybacked on some of those. As an individual person, Charlene Overfield from Oregon inspired me as a woman, as a single woman, to do things on my own. I was bemoaning to her, you know, like, that I was reluctant to do things on my own. And she just really inspired me. And now as Max knows, I go everywhere on my own. You know, that's when I joined her for lunch last year. I was on a road trip. So those kind of relationships are are extremely important. And then the, I just want to elaborate a little bit more on the project that we were involved in that developed the standardized insurance card. That gave us the opportunity as an organization to be heard by people who only had tangential relationships with access managers. In fact, they weren't even attuned to the concept of access manager. So it spread our reputation in a field where we were able to have a lot of influence and that was very gratifying. And I think that was uh, definitely a memorable nut moment because it took like two and a half years, but an instance of something very memorable that Nahum participated in. And it's now faded into the groundwork of everything that we do. Yeah. I think that for those of us who have reaped the benefits of that, I think, you know, it, it's, we've definitely seen it in the industry as Nahum has become a little bit more involved in some of those larger type advocacy efforts. So we thank you for setting the stage for us to be able to still continue to do that today. Maxine, what about you? What are some of your, your favorite moments or milestones in Nahum? Oh, goodness. I'm a lot like Nancy. I just have so many. And a lot of it is not just, as she said, not just the knowledge and the information and the freedom to always know that there's somebody there that you can network with. If you have an issue that is questionable or you're not really sure which one works the best, especially if you're a newbie or that's a new procedure that's coming into your facility, that a lot of other people have already endeavored and has been, they'll say, been there, done that. So that was always just a plus for me 
not only when I was new management, but as I moved along and I got more and more and more areas of responsibility given. I know I told my president at the hospital, I said, you keep giving, but you don't keep never taking anything away. <laughs> so I kept getting more and more and more. But that was just more the reason to reach out, like Nancy was talking about as well, like Aham. Uh, a lot of good friends with HFMA, you know, when the associations are together and pulling together, as a lot is with access and the financial responsibility of patients as well as not just getting them in the system. But uh, so you, you make friends with those two. Another thing that I haven't mentioned, of course, is our sponsors, our vendors. That was always a big thing for me because there would be things that the hospital would be starting to think about doing. And you could go and see the demonstration or they could come to your facility and show not just you, but the CFO or whoever it was that needed to see that at the time. So all of that, it just stands out in memories. It just seems like an everyday walk of life anymore. But back then it stood out. And especially, of course, the regional delegate position that I got, moving on to, as Nancy said, the vice president, president, past president. And then I got the honor of being the ambassador for NAHAM. And that will always be heartfelt for me, always, because they have been such an important part in my life and my goals and things in life that that was just an added heartfelt position for me. So I have so many memorials, and I guess one of the big things is is being able to go up front of all them people and just being able to scream out Rocky Top, you know, and, and telling people that my coach would not ever forgive me if I didn't leave that with everybody to remember. So that's one of my big memories for sure, Stephanie. Just to add, because as Maxine was talking, I thought of another one, kind of an outgrowth of the government relations work was our involvement with creating patient or attempting to create patient identification standards. And we did that within NAHAM, but over and beyond that, did a lot of work with other organizations in that realm. Because <laughs> it reminded me of, a, I was at one of those conferences in D.C. It was must have been 2012, and the meeting was at the um, Department of Agriculture. And while we were at this meeting, all of a sudden, booming over a loudspeaker system. This is not a drill. You must evacuate immediately. Leave your belongings behind. <laughs> there was a bomb threat. And of course, at that time, extremely serious in a federal government building. <laughs> that was a memorable Nahum experience for me. <laughs> wow. But again, the, the point, really the most, the important part of that being, again, another opportunity for Nahum's name to get out there and to become more, to create a greater awareness of the profession of access and of the professional organization. Looking to grow your skill set and stature within patient access profession? Consider Nahum's Certified Healthcare Access Associate or Certified Healthcare Access Manager 
the only patient access certifications that meet NCCA standards. Showcase your knowledge, problem-solving abilities, and dedication to your career by becoming NAHAM certified. Visit certification.nahaam.org to learn more. Yeah, thank you. I think you both really highlighted, I think, so many different pieces and parts of where things have evolved to where we are today, all the way from setting the stage and, and getting our name out there and what people do. And then behind it is that people part that I think we all kind of get into healthcare for or stay into for many reasons is the relationships, the network, and just building kind of this this framework within the country that you know there's other people out there who know what your day-to-day job looks like. Very unique. So we've talked a lot about how things have kind of evolved over time in your positions within NAHAM. What would you say were some of the biggest challenges that you faced in those early years and what lessons have you learned that could be valuable for the current and future generations? Maxine? Yes, one of the biggest challenges that I had when I first became a manager, of course, was some of the things that management was, I mean, I knew how our manager there, while I was in registration, I knew what she did, but obviously, you know, they wanted more. And so my challenge was, is I wanted to be the best that I could be for the facility and not just for myself, but for the patients and the families, managers, directors of all the other departments. So I think I just took it so personally that I wanted to be successful for so many different areas and so many people that NAHAM was my route to help me to do that because it seemed like, Stephanie, that no matter which issue that came up, that there was somebody, like Nancy again a while ago was saying, there's so many people that you could reach out to that had been the old saying, been there, done that. And I wanted to hear their end of it, their prospect of it. You know, what was the best route for me to take? So I think NAHEM, as far as a, not just a broad spectrum as a national association, but as an individual tool for you. And I think that's what meant so much to me was that I didn't, didn't have the fears that I think some would have had. Even as the time went by and I kind of got it together, know a little bit about what I was doing, that I still, there was constantly, constantly issues coming up that I would reach out to. I would get on a webinar for. I would just, you know, there was just so many solutions that you could reach out to, so many areas of responsibilities that people had. So I just think that the challenges that I had were certainly met from not just NAHAM, the webinars, the meetings, all that they had, but was for the peers, as Nancy said, the relationships that you build, that you know from whenever you talk with them, you attend the meetings with them, your own webinars with them, all of them, you know that they have the ability and that they feel saying, as I said a while ago, they've been there, done that, and that just meant a lot to me. Nancy, what about for you? What were some of the challenges that you faced in early time? Well, I think we may have beat this to death, but the whole concept of networking 
is an essential and key part of professional development. And so for members that might not be thinking of themselves in terms of reaching out, it really is essential to, to develop yourself that way. The other thing that for me was a personal issue was financial, financial issues. Other than, I'm going to say maybe the first two years I was in Nahum, my organization reimbursed me for my expenses. After that, the only thing they would pay for was the conference fee itself. So I was basically a self-pay without the discounts that we afford people. And the message that I want to get out there is it's worth it. You need to be willing to invest in yourself to increase your professionalism and to also benefit your organization by taking advantage of the professional networking that we're talking about. So I think that's an important concept for people to think about. It's an investment in yourself and your progression as a professional. Now let's shift gears a little bit. So we've talked a lot about the past. Now the next couple of questions are going to be around Nahum's future. Could you share what you, your vision would be or is for Nahum's future as we approach its 50th anniversary? And Nancy, we'll go ahead and start with you. So I think Max mentioned the um, business partners. And I think the kinds of suppliers that impact our profession have changed over time. And I think that we need to concentrate on helping potential business partners understand our role. So since so much is now revolves around IT, they think of IT as being their customers. But IT doesn't have the content expertise that Nahum members have. So I think in the future, that's something that we need to, to do as an organization is to get some potential vendors, even these huge companies like you know Epic and others, to understand our value to them. The other thing, and this gets a little convoluted as I try to explain it, so please be patient with me. But I have a vision that Nahum in the future will rival the financial professional organizations with an increase in membership. And so not only individual members, but also the number of healthcare provider organizations that have members in Nahum. And I see that as an opportunity to take more advantage of the regional representatives and to, because it could be started as a grassroots kind of thing. It doesn't have to happen all over the country all at the same time, but to focus on, you know, how many providers are in the Northeast region or just pick a, a state. How many, let's pick a small state to start with Maine or Vermont and really concentrate on establishing those relationships. So not only increasing the membership, but increasing the awareness by having more providers involved and also, you know, increasing obviously the networking. The other thing that I think could and should evolve from that is that, and maybe I'm getting the two questions about the future combined, but is 
Again, we've spoken about my past involvement with government relations. So much of what happens in healthcare regulation happens on a state level, not a national level. And as a national organization, we obviously have a big focus there. But I think there's a serious opportunity for us to have some of that same kind of influence that we had in the development of patient ID standards and the development of the insurance card to have that on state levels as it applies to access issues. So that's it. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, I think those are some really great points. So I appreciate you giving your input. You know, we we did do some strategic planning last year and a couple of these issues are actually on our strategic plan. So it makes me feel good that we're in alignment on some of those things. But state advocacy, I think, is probably the one thing that we've not spent a lot of time talking about. More national, definitely, but state advocacy is a, an interesting call out. So thank you. Maxine, what about for you? What is your vision for Nahan's future? Nancy pretty well covered a lot of it, but I see as well that Nahum will be trying to, I hope, involve. There's more and more people that are working from home. There's more and more registrations that's being done, not only on the floor, but in the machines, you know, in the emergency room. Just a whole different aspect of how registration particularly is taking place now. And I think that that will become an involvement because we've had several as Nancy says, you know, our providers is is all involved in trying to see what's the best aspect. And we do have, of course, you know, our vendors and things that has the up and coming equipment to try to help us with all of that. So I, I just see the vision for the future for Nahum to become more involved with some of the, I don't like to use the word ancillary, but it pretty much is. Stephanie, as you all know, that there is more and more not just sitting in the offices of being registered online, at home, on the floor. Just, I mean, just different aspects we're used to. It used to be in the office and you either talk to the patient on the phone there or you had them in front of you and that's not it anymore. So I think the vision for that is that they're going to become a lot more involved with that. And that will be a big help for everybody that's facing those issues as well, because from the meetings that I've attended lately, some of that is it's an issue for them. So my vision for that is to try to see where that goes from that. Yeah, that's that's a, a very real situation that we're, we found ourselves in definitely post-pandemic. But yeah, more and more people are, are not just sitting at a desk anymore doing check-in. All right, ladies. So as we wrap up our conversation, do you have any other advice that you would like to give to the future leaders of Nahum as we embark on the next chapter of Nahum's journey? Maxine, any other final comments? Well, I'd just like to say that please, if you're not involved with Nahum, become involved. If you are involved with Nahum, stay involved and get an interest in becoming part of a committee be in interest to try to help your state continue to make a successful affiliate. Just know that you will make a lot, a lot of friends. As Nancy and I have talked about enough, and I'm not going to go into more detail about that, but, you know, you just can't beat the ones that, and it's 
it's lifetime. It's lifetime. And there is people that does want to help you. Nahum, some of the best offices and the ones that have hold the offices, not just in Nahum, but in their current Smith Buckland, there is phone, just a phone call away and people can. And I just say, I hope I see you in Dallas and just I will do in closing that T for Texas, but T for Tennessee. Thank you, Maxine. Nancy, what about you? What are some final advice, pieces well, of advice for I, us? I think that, you know, the listeners have heard Max and I talk about the value of networking and our networking was dramatically enhanced by participating in conferences because there's nothing like being in a room with somebody. But nowadays we have a lot more opportunities and a facility with networking electronically, like having a Zoom meeting. So I would encourage people to think about having affinity groups, networking groups, you know, like cancer hospitals or epic users or behavioral health organizations to network on that level. And, and you know, the organization may provide a little bit of structure, but it's really a self-driven kind of opportunity. And I strongly encourage our listeners to think about that and participating that way. Also encourage our listeners to increase the use of Access Forum and the Nahum Listserv. Those are two tools that are so readily available. And even now in my retired state, I I read them to find out what's going on and who's asking what kind of questions. And there's recently been a thread going about training and development of staff. So it's a rich opportunity. People need to take advantage of it. So I guess that's my final thought. And I look forward to seeing everybody in Texas because I'm planning on coming. Great. I cannot wait to see you ladies in a couple of months. Maxine, Nancy, I just cannot thank you enough for joining us today. We appreciate you sharing your insights with the Naham community and creating a legacy that will continue for another 50 years. Thank you very thank much. You. Thank you for the opportunity. The conversation continues on Naham Connections. For more content specific to career development and leadership, patient experience, healthcare regulations, and revenue cycle operations, visit naham.org slash naham connections. That's N-A-H-A-M dot org slash naham connections. Plus, Naham members can access a library of on-demand education featuring a breadth of trending topics. Visit naham.org slash webinars on demand to start learning. Not a member, but interested in taking advantage of these valuable resources? Join Naham to arm yourself with community knowledge and resources as you face obstacles in your daily work. Naham offers the year-round education and knowledge you need to help you navigate the unexpected. Visit naham.org slash naham membership to become a member. That's n-a-h-a-m dot org slash naham membership. Thank you to everyone listening today. Until next time.